You're listening to Motormania on Dubai I 103.8. Live at Offset, a custom car show that comes with a side of street culture influence. Good morning and welcome to Motormania. I'm Damien Reed, and this is the only interactive car show on UAE Radio. We're going to give you all the motoring advice. We're going to talk about what's happening in the car world and let you have a voice on road safety issues. Hope it's a lot better than my voice right now, but we're going to get there. And for the first time in Motormania history, we're taking the show on the road. We're broadcasting live down here from the Media One Hotel, where a really cool car, custom custom car festival, is kicking off very soon. It's called Offset. It's organised by carculture.ie. And if you're into your cars or you just want to have a great weekend, head down here, P5 to P7, at the Media One Hotel. And we're going to be keeping you company through until noon on Dubai 103.8. Here is just a little of what's coming up. Well, we're going to be joined a little later on by Chris Milbourne of Debizzle. He's uh, going to tell us about uh, the weird and wonderful cars that are on sale on the website. Imta Shanjiado has been driving the Monster V8 Jeep 392 Wrangler. Can't wait to get his impressions on that one. Noel Ebden's here. He's been driving the, uh, the Volkswagen T-Roc. And uh, I've had a ball been playing with the Porsche Cayman GT4 RS. I miss it already. Porsche fans, this one is going to be for you. But it's safe to say that this week, yeah, I got to ride in one of the most exciting cars that I've ever seen. And I've seen a few other years, I'll tell you what. And that is the Lotus Electra SUV. It's exciting because it's the first SUV from Lotus, but it's also the first electric car from Lotus, and it's a prototype. And I'll tell you more about that a little later on. Speaking of all things we love, well, we love a little bit of this. Fix it or flip it. Yeah, that's right. Tell us about your car. We'll tell you how much it's worth. This is how it works. It's easy. We need the details about your car. We need the make. We need the model. We need the year, the colour, the mileage, any information that you can possibly give us. Send it to 4001 or via the ARN player. Or even better, pick up the phone, give us a call, and we'll speak to you. 04871 is the number. But, of course, I'm not doing it alone. I am joined by automotive entrepreneur Naz Chowdhury. Naz, good morning. Good morning. It's good to be back. It's great to be down here, down at Offset. Yeah, nice. This morning, different. actually, there's some really interesting cars here. I'm hoping I'm not going to have to price any of these beauties because <laughs> I can only imagine how much they've spent on them to get them looking in this shape. I right? guarantee, if you ask any of them what it's worth, and they'll say they're priceless. So uh, <laughs> I, I think you're safe down there. Uh, but it's some amazing stuff down here as well. Uh, Ramadan, though, it's just around the corner, and yeah. uh, you came across this survey that found that 60% of UAE residents are planning to buy a car during the holy month yeah it's really really interesting time in the used car space and the new car space right you're going to start seeing all the special offers and it'll be really interesting to see how the automotive industry's recovered post-covid right so you know there's a shortage of stock in 2020 and 2021 now it looks like a lot of the dealerships are bringing a lot of stock and let's see how aggressive they are and competitive they are with their pricing yeah, so this was a survey done by uh, Audio Abu Dhabi, yep. uh, which also found that 33% of those intending to buy still want petrol cars, and uh, 13% want an EV, 14% undecided. Yeah, I think this is one of the uh, places that's lagging in the whole EV adoption space, which I'm personally happy with because like, there's nothing better than the sound of an engine in a gearbox, right? So let's <laughs> hope we can lag as long as possible. And obviously with the fuel prices, I don't think there's a particular rush to get into the EV space. You know, as we know with Volkswagen and some other brands, even though they have, you know, leading electric cars, they're not even bringing them out here and they're not promoting them out here. So I think we've got a good few years left of petrol motoring here, thankfully. I, 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 <laughs> as I, I car guys. <laughs> I can see a nice balance, but I certainly hope, hope so. Because, I mean... To be fair, though, this is the highest demand EVs uh, we've seen in the UAE so far. 
in fact, those surveyed who want an, want an EV in within the next three years. So uh, it looks like we'll, we will be seeing more EVs on the road soon, but uh, I can see a bit of a balance here, though. Yeah, I mean, look, there's a lot of things that go on in terms of, you know, buying an EV. The first one really is the, the range anxiety. So, you know, in, more, in, in, in Western Europe and the US, you know, you've got car chargers everywhere, right? So yeah. Dubai hasn't built that infrastructure yet. Yeah. It did if you, like, I had a Tesla for the past five years. So the, for the, in, I remember 2018, 2019, it was amazing. I'd go to any mall, park right in the front beside the disabled guy, <laughs> the disabled parking, and I'd have access to free uh, charging, right? Yeah. But not anymore. As the cars are building up, they haven't increased the parking spots accordingly yet. So it's yeah. just going to be a t bit of time before they get the infra infrastructure there. And then we'll see the mass adoption in a few years, I think. Yeah, for sure. Uh, also joining us this morning, uh, who's coming a little bit early because you've got there's a free breakfast going on. Noel Lipton <laughs> joins us in the studio. Noel, how's the, how's the breakfast going? going? Uh, I'm a very cheap date. I'm easy to get out of bed, yeah. There you go. Now, you're not here pricing the cars, to be fair. That's Naz's uh, wheelhouse. <laughs> but you are checking out some of the custom cars in between Danish pastries. Absolutely, yeah. Just one quick thing on the ranging anxiety thing is a lot of this is due to the fact that once you are once you've actually run out of power you can't just quickly it's i don't think it's range anxiety i think it's time anxiety right so when you run out in a petrol car even if you run out before the petrol station someone can give you a lift to the petrol station yeah. buy a can come back with some fuel fill it up and off you go again right yeah. you can't do that with an electric car yeah that's and, the problem and that's the thing and there's certainly uh, there's certainly a lot lot well, uh, quieter than yeah, the car we've got down here yeah. at Offset as we see a massive F-150 oh makes his way through into, uh, to help set up here um, <laughs> and we've got some incredible stuff down here but uh, no, no, have you had a chance to look around the Offset show yet and see what, what's How do, We've only done one, one bit of it but uh, yeah there's some crazy stuff here What's and your uh, favourite car so far from what you've seen? Oh, uh, Funny enough the uh, was it a Mark II GTI? Yeah, I think yeah yeah, for that, me, Golf GTI, going yeah. back to the old days, it has to be the R34 Skyline V-Spec. Yeah, know? that it was reminds nice Reminds me well. of like Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift, just drifting all the way up here, incredible. Well, this whole thing reminds me of Tokyo yeah. Drift, doesn't it? <laughs> exactly. It's, uh, yeah, exactly. But uh, yeah, big sounds of V8s right now as they're rumbling on their way past. There's also a lovely old Toyota Century, which I love because it's a V12. It's just yeah, beautiful. that's pretty incredible. Um, but anyway, look, Naz, let's kick let's kick, kick things off straight away. Yeah, I see We've the got, messages um, coming through. We've got a uh, text message here from Steve. Steve has a uh, Toyota Prado VXR. It's a 2017 model. Uh, it's uh, it's pearl white, 150,000 kilometres, full service by Toyota. It's not been off road, um, so he says it's in good condition and no accidents. Yeah, great car, staple of the UAE, right? The Prados and the Pajeros and things like that. In terms of pricing, I'd say 120, 125,000 dirhams somewhere there. Yeah, that that's great stuff. Mm. Um, Steve, I hope that helps you out. Uh, Farzad has also texted in. He's got uh, a car that's also a favourite here. It's, a, it's the FJ Cruiser Toyota. Uh, it's a 2010 model. He's uh, done 270,000 kilometres. He wants two, wants two answers. One, obviously, how much is that worth? Mm -hmm. uh, but two, considering that this model will be discontinued next year, is there a chance that it will appreciate in price? So, good question. And when it comes to cars that appreciate, it all depends on provenance. So, you know... If it was a low mileage car and a more desirable car, I think it would appreciate. Um, but in this particular case, because it's got 240,000 kilometers on it, it won't appreciate as such because it's not a collectible FJ. But the good news is it won't depreciate either because 
it is where it is now at 30, 35,000 dirhams and over the next 5, 10 years it's going to stay there. I mean, I know 2023, I saw a couple on Dubizzle uh, the other day, final series, so, you know, FJ cruises are actually coming to an end, which yeah. for me, like, they, they were a great car story, right? 13 years, really, really good car, suicide doors and things like that, and they're really bulletproof. But so. here's the thing now, I mean, the FJ cruise was discontinued in pretty much every other market in the world. Except here, right? And they kept it running here for a little longer. Yeah. And now so, on, on Dubizzle, I saw them. I don't know what the list price would, Alpha Team is. Would but that make it, I just throw, throw it to you, would that then make it a potential export demand for that car? Definitely, yeah. Yeah, I mean, look, honestly, being in the car game a very long time, I'd say on average one in, hmm, one in 10 cars I've ever sold goes for export anyway. So UE is like the leading place for people to export cars out of, right? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, now another text here from Martin. Martin has a uh, BMW X5. Mm-hmm. Um, it uh, has obviously has the iDrive, four liter, M Sport kit, 2019, with uh, 87,000 kilometers. Yeah, great cars. Yeah. Uh, wait, 2019. That's before they came out with the big kidney grills. Exactly. They've been growing over the years, yes. but they're not the biggest ones. They were just before. <laughs> it's all grill now, isn't it? it? There's nothing crazy. else. Yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> Uh, I'd say low 200s for that, 200, 220. The M Sport makes it really desirable. That engine is a really, really underrated engine. It's it's, it's phenomenal car. BMW styling has been controversial, to say the least. Do you think that's impacted the, the, the resale values? Is it, going, is it going up or down as the grill gets bigger? <sighs> it's... It's a difficult one. I mean, you've got you've got the the age-old race between Mercedes and BMW, right? And this was going on from the 90s in the days of the E30 M3 and the 190 Mercedes. So it was always neck and neck and Mercedes always had that edge. BMW really came up. Audi did come up out of nowhere actually in in the late 2000s, 2010, yeah. 2020. Yeah. But Audi have slowed down a bit. Mercedes are still strong and BMW are really trying to reinvent themselves, right? You know, they came out with the whole electric thing, in my opinion, too early, right? So, you know, the i8s and the i3s, they were really ahead of the curve in terms of like EV adoption. Very much so. You mean the, but the they I3. were actually too early, right? The i3 was probably too early. Then it not. was actually yeah, too early. Yeah, definitely. So the i8, I've, I've said this loads of times about the i8, great car five years too early exactly yeah. uh, if you if they had built that now we'd all be going out and buying them 100 percent, 100 percent. i remember the days we were talking about the kidney grills of the bmw i was looking at the original m1 recently and honestly the, the kidney grills were the size of a mobile phone and you see how they've literally just grown and grown and grown and grown and grown over the years and in my opinion somewhere around late 2000s 2010 2015 was the sweet spot of where the kidney grills need to be yeah. Anything more than that is excessive, in my opinion. Yeah. So I'm not a fan. I think going, going back to that uh, FJ Cruiser question, I think we actually have Farzad is uh, is on the line. Hopefully, uh, might be able to have a chat with him in, in a moment or two. No, no, no. We got okay. So we we'll, are we'll, live, we'll, guys. We'll so you have back, to excuse the we'll technical difficulties. <laughs> um, now, another one. Frank has also texted in. He has a 1991 Mazda MX-5, the Miata, as it's called, mm. in many markets. I'll tell you what, I, if this is correct. 15,315 kilometers. Wow. What? For a 91 model car. No, come on. Has that been round and starting again? <laughs> I don't no, know. Come on. But uh, to me, I think the 91 model or that is yes. it was was peak MX-5 Miata because it's the smallest one. Honestly, if you look at any of the car reviews from the early 90s, it was hands down like one of the best cars to own in terms of like a driver's car, yeah. right? So people Definitely. like us who oh, enjoy yeah. driving. I think we've got Farzad now on the line. Uh, Farzad, can you hear us? 
Yes, hi, good morning. Yeah, good morning, Farzad. Thanks, thanks for joining uh, us. So, so you have the, uh, the the Toyota FJ Cruiser, is that right? Yeah, that's right. I've got a FJ Cruiser 2010, uh, well-maintained, and always I uh, service it in the agency. Uh, first of all, I would like to know, as you know, this car is going to be discontinued uh, next year. Is it the right thing to keep it or just get rid of it? Uh, I don't know exactly what I have to do. You can just give me some idea. Yeah, well, Nez, what you were saying just before? Yeah, so, um, first of all, keep it because there's no reason to sell it since it's becoming discontinued and things like that. You know, these things go on forever. Like, these Toyotas are indestructible. So, if you've serviced it well and serviced it on time, you've got a lot of life left in that car. Um, in terms of appreciation, I don't know if it's going to go up much because the mileage is fairly high, but it definitely won't be going down. So, as long as you keep up the maintenance, these, these Toyotas are bulletproof. We'll just keep on going. Yeah. How does that work with the Fazad? Thank you. Thank you so much. It's great. I'm going to keep it then. Fix it or flip it. Welcome back. I'm Damien Reed and Motor Mania. We are broadcasting live from the Media One Hotel, but the Offset Custom Car Festival is just about to kick off in a minute. In case you haven't heard that, it's already some amazing machinery making their way through. And of course, the loudest car here happens to be a Lamborghini that's just making its way past. In the meantime, we're taking, uh, we're taking your calls. Tell us about your car, we'll tell you how much it's worth, and this is how it works. We need the details about your car, the make, the model, the year, the colour, the mileage. Send them to 4001 or via the ARN player, or even better, pick up the phone. Give us a call, 04871-5500. And, uh, of course, I'm joined by automotive entrepreneur Naz Chowdhury. He's live here in the, in the, uh, the outdoor studio with us, ready to take your call. So dial that number now, because it is going to get busy. Now we've got uh, we've got Glenn on the line. Glenn, um, good morning. Good morning, guys. How are you? Very well, thanks. Very well. I understand you have a uh, a 2017 Ford Flex. Um, tell us a Correct. little bit more about it. So um, it was the last Ford Flex that was registered as a new vehicle. I bought it off uh, the dealership, uh, and it was registered in 2019. So it's driven about 72,000 kilometers now. But because it was registered in 2019, it still has um, its original manufacturer's warranty valid until Feb 2024, as well as a, a service contract that runs up to the same date and uh, 100,000 kilometers. Fantastic. The car has been fantastic. It's been a perfect family vehicle, um, but it's just it's, it's surplus to my requirements now. So it just it's a, and it's all been, to know what I could get through. Yeah, for sure. It's all been dealer maintained through through our tire as well. Absolutely, yes. It was uh, completely uh, maintained at the dealership. And uh, it had one accident. There was a motorcycle guy that came and hit me from the side, but that was also repaired and done up at all times. Yeah, sure. Uh, Naz, what do you think? A 2017 Ford Flex, 72,000 kilometers? Yeah, you don't come across these much, do you? No, you don't. I haven't no. seen one on no. the road for a while, come to think about it. Um, it. Look, in terms of pricing, even if you look on Dubizzle, there aren't too many live and available online right now. Um, the fact that it's the last year model and you've still got the warranty on it is definitely a huge value add so anything with warranty and service contract tends to add 15-20% to the price of the car so if you compare like for like 2017 I'd say around 70-75,000 the fact that you've got the warranty would take it up to 80-85 but you would have to stick around to find the right buyer so my advice would be take some nice pictures present it well put it on Dubizzle but just be prepared to wait a couple of weeks but you will get that figure yeah oh, how does Okay, I thought uh, it would probably range around sixty to sixty-five thousand. Wow. Okay. Yeah, you can get that tomorrow, but because you have oh, wow. the warranty and because you have the it's the later model, 
if you present it well and hold out for your price, you will get more. But it okay. might just it is, take by a the while. Way, it is the mid-option spec. It's the, the SEL, at the top SEL, line. Yeah, yeah. I mean, 80,000, okay. I still think is fair if you wait for the right buyer. Yeah, for sure. Perfect. Thank you so much. Thank you, guys. I'll tell you what, Glenn, if you've got time, come down to Media One Hotel, check out uh, Offset. I mean, you'll, uh, <laughs> you'll, you'll be You can probably exchange surprised. it for uh, something crazy out here. <laughs> Thanks very much, Glenn. Um, one of the one of the great things, Naz and Noel, about being live, mm. doing our first outside broadcast, we get to uh, bump into our listeners. Yes. And uh, and Tim, Tim, you've just you've just joined us. You've just been wandering around. Um, you're a Motormedia fan, and uh, you've uh, you've got a car that probably wouldn't fit in he- into here so much, but it's a very special car. Tell us a little bit about your car. Yeah. Well, I acquired this car about 15 years ago. I actually bought it from a sheikh in Abu Dhabi, um, but originally it was a Saudi car. Now, don't be uh, shy. It's a Rolls-Royce, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's a Rolls-Royce <laughs> Silver Spur, and it's a Mark IV, 1997. And I believe that it's the, uh, the last mark of the last Rolls-Royce that was made um, in the factory in Crewe. Yeah, so because then it became under BMW ownership... Uh, with, with Rolls-Royce, and then they moved to Goodwood, their factory, in 2001. So yours is actually, uh, I think, quite a uh, desirable car. But also there's a little thing that makes your car even more desirable, specific for the Middle East market. Yeah, well, th- this, is, this is something that is quite unique and quite niche. Um, and this is the kneeling lady. Um, the spirit of ecstasy on the front of the car is not standing like it is in most Rolls-Royces. She's actually kneeling. Yeah, and this is an amazing thing, and I, I was told this uh, this story, oh, it must have been 15 years ago, by not only from the guys in, in here in the, in the region, uh, but also at the factory over at Goodwood, and they said that uh, that they made from the factory, so it's not an aftermarket thing, it's not someone's, that someone's done, it's done from the factory, a very specific flying lady just for the Middle East market, uh, because of the obviously cultural sensitivities at the time. Now, now that's that's has, that's changed, we, we, we run the normal flying lady that everyone around the world runs but back in the in the 80s and 90s uh it was a special badge just for our market yeah well i'm just looking at the production i think that there was only just about 800 of those cars that were ever made so i'm sure there was a very very small fraction of that 800 that actually made it into the saudi market so how many kneeling ladies there are around i don't know i've never seen another one no a lot of people say it's it's myth it's folklore yeah. i can guarantee it's actually real you've got you've one see the picture yeah the <laughs> exactly. i mean uh, what do you think about that uh, uh, the yeah i mean first of all Rolls-Royce must have had a substantial amount of sales in the Middle East in order for them to to do something like this, right? You know, if there's only two or three planned to be shipped out here, I don't think they would have gone through so much effort. So just a testament to how much interest there is for Rolls-Royce back in those days in this region, right? Uh, In terms of what you said, this is the last hand-built car out of of crew before it got taken over by BMW. I think it got uh, succeeded by the Silver Seraph, which was a beautiful car. And it was a really weird time between Rolls-Royce and Bentley because you had the Arnage and one had the BMW engine, one had the V12. But really, it's like the last hand-built car. So it's, it's an absolutely great car. Beautiful. Yeah, because your car, Tim, correct me if I'm wrong, for those who know, it's the Rolls-Royce version of the Arnage yeah. shape, but it doesn't have the BMW 5-litre, the V12 from the 7 Series. Yeah. It still has the old Rolls-Royce V8 in it. Yeah, That's right. And I think that the last... Mark IV was fitted with um, twin Garrett turbochargers as well. Yeah, yeah. Noel, you've had a bit to do with Rolls Royce. 
we've done a few press trips over there together. And oh, hello. Yeah, what's coming up here? We've got a car rumbling past us at the moment. Which still is got some amazing cars oh, rumbling wow. through Snoop, Snoop and, uh, and setting up down here at Offset. Oh, and wow. this is, uh, it looks like something out of the Green Hornet, I tell you what. <laughs> it's a Lincoln Continental. Um, 1960-something or other. That's a suicide door continental, <laughs> isn't it? That's very <laughs> cool. Very cool. Sorry, yeah, back to the back to Rolls Royces. I love that era, those like, 90s rollers. That was when they were... They, they still... It still had that kind of... You know, that no one else could have one. Only a few people. Mm-hmm. You'd see one or two about. And they're, they're, to be fair, they're a lot more popular now uh, and maybe a bit more accessible as well. But at that time, a Rolls Royce was... I mean, it stopped people in the street. It really, yeah, really did, yeah. didn't it? So, yeah, I, I love that era. Great car, great car. Yeah. Well, obviously, I only use it as a weekend car. It's um, it's kept garage most of the time. Um, obviously, keep it in tip-top condition. And I was very fortunate um, at around about the time I bought the car, I came across a, a mechanic who had formerly worked on um, Rolls-Royce and Bentleys of oh, those wow. eras. Yeah. And he now has a little workshop in uh, Algahood and uh, he specializes in looking after and maintaining these um, old Rolls and Bentleys. Wow. Yeah, I didn't know there were such things. Yeah, good to know. So, Naz, put your thinking cap on. What do you think this would be worth? Shall I tell you the mileage? (laughs) Yeah, tell me the mileage, please. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Sit back. Uh, 42,000 kilometers. Wow, that is extremely long. Um, So, you know, it's always a bit of a funny one because although they were what they were at the time, they have depreciated considerably. Mm-hmm. Like I've seen these go as low as, don't pinch me here, <laughs> it's as low as ten, fifteen thousand dollars $15,000 on some of the online auctions. He's sitting yeah. very close to you right yeah, now. Yeah, I know, yeah. that's what I <laughs> <laughs> However, having said that, it really, really goes down to provenance. You know, how much service history do you have? Is it original leather? Is it original bodywork? Because if you have all the right things, if you have all the right files and the folders and the right, and it's all original, that value could triple and can go to thirty, forty thousand dollars. I am speaking in, in dollars now because mm. this is an international yeah. market, yeah. right? You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. it's not like you can compare it to the one down the road or your next sure. door neighbor. Do so. you think the uh, the unique badge would have anything to do with it? Definitely, it would. I think that the more time goes by, the more unique it would make it. Mm. Um, it will certainly make it a lot more desirable now, but it's not going to double the value yeah. yet. But yeah. I think yeah, over yeah. time it will do as and when things get old and appreciate. So, yeah. based yeah. on your service history, the way you've been looking after, assuming it's it's fairly in original state, I'd say twenty five thousand dollars somewhere there. Yeah. yeah, I think that's realistic from my understanding. Okay, of okay. So, yeah. uh, I oh, felt the pressure there. <laughs> I thought Naz was going to be kneeling down there. Was <laughs> 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 Apologising. Well, I'll tell you what, um, Tim. Thanks, thanks very much for for, for coming down. Yeah. I hope that's answered at least one question, but. Uh, yeah, um, but I, I regularly get stopped when I'm uh, out and about, and people come along and admire it, and I say, "Oh, do you want to sell it?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd hang on to that. I think. Yeah, I, think so I, I think yeah. I'll take your advice. I think it's worth hanging on to because yeah. um, I, I don't think they've appreciated at all um, greatly. I thought you think they've sort of hit hit a rock bottom level, but I think in time that it will could, start creeping up, start yeah, coming up again. Exactly. So yeah. it's just a case of maintaining it and keeping it in the same yeah. condition yeah and exactly. i'm fortunate that i'm in a position where i've been able to do that and found somebody locally who can take good yeah. care of it amazing well look thanks, thanks very much for coming down fix it or flip it
Yes, welcome back. I'm Damien Reed and Motormania. We are broadcasting live from the Media One Hotel where the Offsite Custom Car Festival is kicking off in just a few moments' time. In the meantime, though, we are taking calls. So tell us about your car. We'll tell you how much it's worth. And this is how it works. It's easy. We need as many details as we possibly can. The make, the model, the year, the colour, the mileage. Send them to 4001 or via the ARM Play app or just give us a call. 04871 5500. And uh, automotive entrepreneur Naz Chowdhury and myself will do our best to answer your questions. So dial that number now because things, as we know, Naz, always get busy in the second part of this one. So uh, we're going now um, straight to the line to Tyron, who's uh, on the line. Good morning, Tyron. Hey, gentlemen. How are you guys doing? Yeah, very well, thanks. Very well, Tyron. Now, you've got a uh, Mitsubishi Pajero, 3.8 litre, uh, very popular car here, 2013. Tell us a little bit more about it. Yeah, so um, I, I was the second owner of the car. I bought it in 2014. I uh, had uh, 25,000 kilometres on the clock, and I've had it since, uh, taking care of it. I must say, it's a tough act to follow. Uh, a, a kneeling lady rolls shake owned uh, with my uh, <laughs> with my, my humble Pajero, but I'm, I'll give it a shot. So um, overall, I mean, it was my daily driver, and um, we used to take it out camping and stuff, so it has been off-road, um, but uh, generally mild. And uh, yeah, we've loved it, and it runs like a top. Fantastic, Naz, the Pajero, you can't go wrong, can you? You really can't, can you? I mean, there's it's one more Dakar rally than any other car on the exactly. planet, so there you go. Um, <laughs> you know, being the 3.8 is a lot, it's the most desirable one at the time, so most of them were the 3.5 GLS, so you know, the 3.8 does make it stand out a bit. You know, if you have a look on Dubizzle, did you say it was a 2013? Yeah. You know, if you just run a yeah, search right. on Dubizzle for 2013 Pajeros, you'd find 30 or 40 available. So having that 3.8 badge really does set you out from the rest of the crowd, which is a good thing. Uh, the fact that it's been well-maintained with reasonable mileage, I'd say around 40,000 dirhams, 38 to 40,000 dirhams, and that wouldn't sit around for too long, to be honest. These things change hands in no time. How does that sound with your tire, Ron? That sounds, uh, that sounds fantastic. I'm very happy to hear that. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Fantastic. All the best with that. Um, I'll tell you what, one of the great things I love, guys, about doing outside broadcasts is that you all come in a little earlier yeah. uh, because now we're joined by Inda Sanjiana. Um, unfortunately, Inda, you missed breakfast. I uh, did. Great to see you down here. <laughs> and you've been driving the Jeep 392, the, the V8 Wildcar. We're going to speak about that in the second hour. But, um, yeah, what a machine. I, I, I had the chance to drive that last year. Um, but good to see you down here having a quick look around. I am. It's an incredible lineup of cars. Some stuff that just floated by that I couldn't believe my eyes. I'm not going to spoil it. You'll have to come here and check it out. Absolutely. <laughs> Speaking of Jeeps now, we're going to now get across to Ali, who's on the line. Good morning, Ali. Good morning. Thanks for joining us. Now, How are you've, we? you've got a, uh, you. a Jeep SRT V6. Tell us the year and how many kilometers. Uh, okay, so it's a, G, a Jeep Grand Cherokee SRT 2007, uh, black with red. It's a GCC spec, um, agency maintained. Um, my question is um, uh, very simple now. A uh, lo lot of my folks are telling me, Roshan, not to let it go because apparently SRT um, production has stopped and, uh, you know, in future it's going to be quite a lucrative investment. But um, some folks tell me, like, you know, as I have already um, gained 106 kilometers, so having a big piece like this will give me maintenance issues. So a lot of, like, mixed, um, you know, feedbacks I get. But I love the car. It's beautiful, luxurious, gives me all the pleasure every single time I drive it. So just wanted to get uh, some 
professional advice. Fantastic. Naz, the Jeep SRT, 160,000 kilometers. The pressure. <laughs> That's a cool car, by the way. It's, it's, the, it's cool the SRT8, right? So yeah. uh, you mentioned, v is this the, v the, the proper full fat? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. VC, it's a V8, isn't it, uh, Ali? V8, yeah, it's 6.4 yeah, okay. V8. Yeah. yeah, you know, I think these are the fastest 4x4s when they originally came yeah, out. They're yeah. really, really well. And probably the best cars. sounding as well. Incredibly <laughs> sounding, right? So one thing for sure is this car will not depreciate in value. Like, it just will not go down. And as we're going into this boring electric phase and EV phase, you know, people are going to appreciate the sound of that rumbling V8 more and more. So, you know, I think over the years, the price will go up and it will be an asset that will appreciate as long as it's well looked after. Even though Chrysler came out with uh, <laughs> a noise that they put to their electric cars to make them sound like V8. It's just not the same. <laughs> yeah, come it's just on, not the seriously. Same. And uh, the, the only thing that would offset your possible like investment would be the running cost, like you said. However, having said that, they're not that expensive to run. I mean, it's not like they've got crazy electronics on board or, you know, overcomplicated turbo systems or anything like that. So as long as you run it right and maintain it right with good quality oil, it shouldn't cost you too much to yeah. run. And it definitely will become an asset in the future. Yeah, and roughly price? Uh, I'd say today's market around 60,000 dirhams, somewhere okay. there. Yeah, how does that sound, Ali? Are you happy with that one? Um, well, actually, I was uh, looking online. Apparently, in the whole of UAE, I, I could only find like uh, five of the uh, GCC specs SRTs. And apparently, the price was quite higher um, so I have seen them, I think on Dubizzle right now they're not that many so it's hard to gauge um, you know you see them advertised for 80 90 that's probably what you've seen right um, thing is they're not changing hands at that just yet I mean usually with collectibles classics and things like that people always want tomorrow's price today I'm just trying to be very realistic so you don't come down looking for me uh, at Media One. He's on, le he's on level four at Media One <laughs> no, don't tell at the Offset Festival. Come down, Ali. Uh, but there's no harm in putting up around 80, 85,000. It, look, it's, it's going to take a while to sell. And I don't, I'm just trying to manage expectations. Mm. Uh, but realistically, 60, 65, you'll get a bunch of buyers in the first week. And that's, mm. that's where we want to be, you know. There you go, Ali. All I right, hope that uh, helps. Uh, now we're going to go across straight to, uh, to Yvonne. Yvonne. Has uh, a Land Rover LR4 2016 black full service history from Altaya. Good morning, Yvonne. Morning, how are you? Very well, thanks. Thanks for joining us this morning. Um, now, it sounds like you've really looked after this car. It's, it's the supercharged model, but you say it's in excellent condition. Tell me a little bit more about it. Uh, I'm actually the third owner. I just bought it last year. Um, I previously had an LRC for 16 years and run up 450,000 kilometres on it without any major issues. But um, I'm just wondering, well, obviously the value of my car, the LR4, but if there's any major issues I should be looking out for in the LR4. Yeah, Naz, you're nodding on, on that one. Yeah. <laughs> so what, what year was it, Yvonne? 2016. 2016, it's the last one. Yeah. Honestly, they change the shape. great cars. If anyone's got kids or done a school run, there's always a whole bunch of LR4s in the car park. I mean, you know, great You probably passed Noel Ebden's. Yeah, yeah <laughs> exactly. Yeah. An LR4, I'm, a yeah. I'm a fellow <laughs> LR4 driver. So uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it the V8 or the V6? That's a V6. It's the V8. So you've got the, the V. You've got the V8. Yeah. So they come it's in the, the supercharged the, one. Yeah. They come in the. So yeah. they won't be super. Yeah. Okay. So they come in the V8. Uh, so a couple of things to look out for as and when things get a little bit older. The first and most common problem is the air suspension. Um, so generally what happens with the roads here and the harsh climates, 
after five, six, seven years or 100,000 kilometers, you expect the air balloons to, to, to go down. So one day you'll just go to the car park and you find that the front of the car is dropped. Has that happened to you yet? Yeah, funnily enough, uh, <laughs> so the, the, car's got 90, the, the car's got 90,000 on it. When I bought it, it was 80. And I, I knew that issue from the LRC. And I actually did say to the guy when I was buying it, have you replaced these yet? And he said no. And when he took it to Altire to get serviced, they needed replaced. So that was the first thing I did. Great. So we've got funnily that one enough. out of the way now. <laughs> Second yeah. one is the air conditioning, the AC compressor. Usually, as it's always on, and it's a fairly big car, obviously, being a seven-seater. Generally, the AC units pack up after a while. Um, but honestly, uh, apart from... And that's not such an expensive repair. I mean, I think Altair will do around 7000 for a new air conditioning compressor fitted. But you can go to an independent specialist and pay half that. Uh, but apart from that, as long as it's serviced and maintained right, these things are generally very, very strong. Yeah. How does that sound? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and what would the, the rough value of the car be now? I'd say around 100, 110,000 dirhams, somewhere there. Yep, that's, that's not far. That's just a little over sort of what I paid for it. Yeah, you see what's happened in the last 12. Anyone who bought a car, I'd say from mid-2020 to mid-2021, even up to the end of 2021, I can pretty much guarantee as long as you paid the right price for it, it's still worth the same price today. You know, we've seen an incredible yeah. uplift in the used car uh, pricing in the past 12, 18 months because obviously the lack of new cars available, right? Yeah. Yvonne, yeah, I, yeah. Hope that, uh, I hope that answers your questions. Thank you. Fix it or flip it. Yes, welcome back. I'm Damien Reed, and we're down here at the Media One Hotel where the Custom Car Festival offset is just about to kick off. And uh, we've got a little more time of fix it or flip it to go. So we need the details of your car, the make, the model, the year, the colour, the mileage. We'll give you all the car advice. Send them to 4001 via the ARN player or just give us a call 04871 and Naz Chowdhury and myself will do our best to, uh, to give you the best advice. Now we're going to speak to a few more callers uh, and read a few more of their texts before we wrap up. But uh, Naz uh, is the, your pricing man is, is on the spot. Uh, um, what we need now is... Uh, We've got a text here, Naz, very quick one. Um, it's a Range Rover HSE 2015. It's white with a black interior, 112,000 kilometres, Altire serviced and one owner. HSE, so this would be the Vogue, well, the, the classic shape, yep. non-supercharged. Uh, so again, guys, the more information, the better, so I can do this as accurately as possible. You know, these things actually took a hit. I would have said around three, four months ago, they were around... 120, 125,000 dirhams. But recently, the new shapes come out. I don't know if you guys have seen the new shape Ranger on the roads. I've got one right now. Oh, really? Yes. Kept it's that about one quiet. 10 feet away from you. You kept that yes. one quiet. <laughs> uh, so since the new shape came out, as always, the old shapes always take a dip. So this one closer to 90, 95,000 dirhams. Now, although you expect that, it's not like everyone can just go out and spend seven, 800,000 dirhams on a new one, right? But somehow it still does have that effect. When a new shape comes out, the old one drops. Yeah, yeah. Um, now we're going to text here from T. Um, says, hello guys at Motormania. Lady owner of a Dodge Charger, 2006, 3.6, 250,000 kilometers on the clock. Should I keep it or scrap it is my question. Uh, to rebuild it, I've been told it's about 15Ks to do that. Um, what's the decision? What do you think we should? What I should go with? 
So reading between the lines, I'm assuming there's a catastrophic engine failure there. That I'm going to bring Nolan mentioned. and uh, name the channel this <laughs> one too. Why do I get brought in when there's a catastrophic <laughs> engine failure? What? <laughs> you know me too well. Because we're usually buying these cars at that point. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. Um, and by the way, I'm how much do you five grand for it? <laughs> because if I can put it down to it, Naz is Mr. Flip and you're Mr. Fix. <laughs> That's um, a good one. So look, there's one dependent factor on this, whether it's a GCC spec car or an American spec car, because... In those days, a lot of American salvage got imported here to unsuspecting buyers who paid a lot of money for them. You know, if it was, let's talk about the car being in running condition. You know, if it was, and high mileage as well, so it's a tough one, right? If it was an American spec car in running condition, I'd say around 15,000 dirhams. If it was a GCC spec car, you can say 25, 30,000 dirhams. It's going to cost 15,000 yeah. for the repair. Does it make sense? I don't know. Yeah, what, what do you think, Noel, in terms of repair, re- repairability and, and, and that as a price guide? I'm doing the maths in my head at the moment, <laughs> how to fix it. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's probably not worth fixing. If it's a, if it's a US spec car, no. If it's, a, yeah, exactly. if it's a GCC car, you're on the right on the edge of it being worth doing. And in the Shane, you've had experience with the Chrysler product. <laughs> I have actually had very good luck with Chrysler products, unlike most people. Um, it depends kind of on the labor rate you can manage, isn't it? That's kind of between the lines that we're saying here. If you can find a garage that can work on it cheaper, you can bring it down under 15 if you can keep it on the road. And let's be honest, if you're in a tight spot financially, you may have no alternative because you may not be able to go out there and spend another 25, 30K on a car, which is what you should do. But you may not have an option, and I feel for you. So find a way to put that car back on the road if you can, is my advice. Or sell it to Noel and you can add it to his list of uncompleted projects. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think my, my wife will kill me. <laughs> Noel can sell it and Naz can, se- not, not can fix it and uh, Naz can sell it to Wintershan. I can flip Job it. Done. Um, <laughs> right, so we're getting out now to the lines and we've got, uh, we've got Talia on the line who uh, has a GMC Acadia 2018. Good morning, Talia. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, yeah, so you have, you've got a GMC uh, Acadia 2018. Um, low mileage from what I can see, but tell us more about it. 51,000 kilometers. 51Ks, it's uh, brown color. Uh, I love it. I mean, I've had it for five years, uh, single owner. Um, agency maintained, got extended warranty on it until June 25. Um, but no problem. So I'm, I'm, like, I'm just a little bit itchy. I'm just wondering if I should sell it, get a new car. Um, my wife has driven it a few times. Um, she absolutely loves the drive. But she's not um, somehow letting go of her Nissan cakes. Uh, so I've been trying to convince her to swap it uh, for the cakes um, or then let me buy another car. But she's like uh, not in favor of either of those two options. But I'm thinking, should I sell it? What am I going to get for it? Um, if I'm going to replace it, should I buy another American car or should I maybe switch for a Japanese option, like maybe a Prado or something? Um, yeah, a little bit confused yeah. over there, but need your help. Uh, Naz, yeah, 28 in GMC Acadia first. Um, get us an idea on the value. It's an SLE model. Yeah. SLE model with 51,000 kilometers. SLE, so this is one below the top spec. I believe the top spec mm. was the Denali. So just having a quick look on Dubizel now, there's only three available there. It's around 65, 75,000, somewhere within that region. They're always desirable cars. You know, there's always a market for that mid-sized car. Uh, but going back to what you were saying about should I swap it for, what car did you say? to swap it for uh, Japanese a pr- a Prado, Prado I mean look over the years if you were to make that decision and swap over I think you'd, you'd, you'd suffer from a lot less depreciation over the next few years and you'd suffer from a lot less running costs so financially it would make sense to swap over 
Not that the AKD is a bad car, but looking at the depreciation of the running cost, you're probably better off with the Prado. A lot better off, actually. And, and also, Naz, what's your thoughts on the uh, depreciation then of the, uh, the Nissan Kicks that Tyler also has? So, right now, depreciation's an all-time low, right? Until we get uh, more new cars coming into the market and things like that. I think, what year was the Nissan Kicks? Uh, it's a 2018 as well, and it's done uh, 45k. So, you know, as we say, you know, it takes three to five years for the bulk of the depreciation to hit in 50, 60% there, thereabouts. Uh, so this car has taken this, taken on the steepest part of the depreciation curve. Mm. So as long as it's maintained well and the mileage doesn't go crazy, I wouldn't expect this car to go down more than two, 3,000 dirhams a year now. Like, you, you've, you've had the worst of the depreciation, so there's no harm in holding on to it a bit longer. Yeah, I hope that helps you, Talia. Yeah, so hold on to the cakes, uh, but sell the Acadia, swap it for a VXR. Exactly, sounds exactly. Good. Sounds good. Awesome. Okay. Thank you. Super thanks, helpful. Thanks very much. Now, we've got a text. We've got to make it very quick because we're quickly running out of time. Um, I have two cars, nice ones too. E39 M5, 2000 model, light blue, exterior, black interior, 249,000 kilometers, manual transmission, of course, wow. German specs, and in good condition. The second car... Is a 2003 E46 M3 Coupe, 230,000 kilometers, red exterior, red interior, GCC specs. Uh, what do you think the sale value is now and in the future? If I decide to hold on to them, uh, what do you think I should do? Love your show. Keep up the good work. I'm going to say know, straight you, up, keep them both. You're speaking my language. These cars are incredible. They're only going up. And if you don't keep them both, you've got four people who want to buy them from you right now. <laughs> and we're not kidding. Come on down. We'll give you cash on the spot. Literally. Uh, look, very quickly in terms of pricing, the E39 M5, manual although it's super high mileage i'd say 80 85000 dirhams but that will creep over 100000 very quickly if it's well maintained e40 e46 m3 again incredible car just depends on the vanos i mean there's a there's a very big issue with the vanoses and the way those engines used to run as long as there's no issues with it i'd say today around 40 45000 dirhams but again these things will just continue going up they're both incredible incredible cars my preference over the two is the E46. I don't know about yeah. you guys, but in either case... In the Shen, you had an E46 M3, didn't you? I had an E36 oh, M3. E36. But it yes. had the E46 engine. Incredible car. Miss it. Um, running costs not cheap, as and it gets older. They do kind of keep up with the price. And price. <laughs> but what a machine. I actually go for the E39 M5 just because of four-door yes. sleeper sedan, yeah, five-liter yeah. V8. What more can you ask for? Absolute perfection. I have a soft yeah. spot for the E39 M5. I don't know whether it's just the ash gray wheels or whatever, but that's just something. And it's a V8 manual. Yeah. Love it. And um, the TV. It had a TV, yeah, which doesn't exactly. catch anything anymore, but it exactly. had a TV in the <laughs> dashboard. Well, I'll tell you what, Noel and Shane, we're going to come back with you because we're going to officially start your segment in a few moments. Naz, uh, thank you so much. That's all we've got time for for Fix It or Flip It. Um, Naz Chowdhury, thank you again for joining us on Motormania, and I'll see you back in the studio in a couple of weeks. That's another busy hour wrapped up. I'm Damien Reed. This is Motormania. We're live down here from the Media One Hotel where the Offset Car Festival is taking place. Head down here with your friends, your family, your fellow petrol heads. It's going to be get a little bit noisy a little later on. I'll tell you what, it has already. And uh, up next, I'll tell you about this insanely slick electric SUV that I've been checking out. It is the Lotus Electra, and uh, we'll do that straight after this. There's more of Motormania coming up. From P7 Arena, Media One Hotel. This is Motormania on Dubai I 103.8. Live at Offset, a custom car show that comes with a side of street culture influence. Yes, we're joined now by Indichan Giano of Motoring Middle East and Noel Ebden, an automotive journalist as well. Uh, let's go straight to you, Indichan. You drove a car that I drove a while ago, but you took it where it should go, off-road. That's the Jeep 392 
crazy V8 Wrangler. Absolutely crazy. So what is the Jeep 392? It is a V8 Wrangler, which people have been crying out for years, and we finally got it. Um, Prices around 370,000 dirham, Jamie, if I'm not correct. Uh, basically, it is the most expensive Jeep ever made, certainly from a Wrangler point of view. So why put a Wrangler V8 together in one sentence? Well, the noise and the performance, 470 horsepower. This thing sounds like an old Mercedes G55. It sounds like a, a steam dragon is the best way I can describe <laughs> it. Starts up, it has an antisocial uh, exhaust and you can make it quiet if you want, which makes it kind of pointless because leave that on all the time, just annoy your neighbors, go ahead. It also has one of my favorite features, this could sound really silly, it has folding side steps. So when you open the door, because it's higher up, it's about an inch higher than a regular Wrangler. It is the Rubicon one, so it has front and rear locking differentials and disconnecting sway bars and 33-inch tires. But all that means is that it's difficult to get into. However, mm. with sliding steps, you can climb in there really easily. So it is a wonderfully fun thing to drive on the road. So much personality. Uh, and it is very, very good off-road. It just pushes through sand in a way that lesser V6 engine Wranglers just can't. They're still good, but this thing is on another level. However, there are a few things that slightly, I would say two things that detract and one thing that you really can't complain about. The one thing you can't complain about is fuel economy. 470 horsepower, you're lucky to get 12 miles per gallon on this thing or in the under 20 liters per hundred. It is thirsty and it has a pretty tiny tank. But however, it's a V8 Wrangler. I keep saying this, it's a V8 Wrangler. The other things are things that I think that are going to come to the region, but I'll highlight them as slight issues. Um, the shocks are not up to very, very high speed off-roading. They're good up to sort of mo what most people will do, but they could be a bit better. Secondly, and I think this is probably what I'm going to say and nobody else will, the tires are too small. This thing takes 33s, but it could easily take 35s. And this is kind of a small issue because it has so much power that it needs 35s to keep it planted on the ground. Mm. However, in the US, you can get something called the Extreme Recon Package, which adds 35s to any Wrangler. And I'm told by Stellantis that this might be coming in the region. So ask for it. Amazing stuff. I, I thought it was a crazy car when I drove it. I was uh, going to say, we've all driven this, that one, haven't we? Yeah. I think, yeah uh, but you drove something at the other end of the scale, the VW T-Rock. <laughs> I did, but yes. I, I, but I love the T-Rock too. Yeah, and I love the name. I can't I can't call it a T-Rock. I have to call it the T-Rock. <laughs> I have to say it like that. It has to be said. Um, and an I-Rock like a Camaro. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it reminds me. Of, yeah, that was it. That was the link, you see. There you yeah. go. Um, yeah, look, it's a... It's a about, they're about, about 140,000 dirham. It's, mm. uh, no, it's a small crossover SUV it's uh, it's built by Volkswagen so it's solid it's really nicely made it's got a lovely interior it's not the I mean it's, it's about 150 horsepower four-cylinder motor so it's not uh, it's not a crazy exciting car but it you could you could do a lot worse than by that it's the quality yeah. of it's excellent and it looks good as well it's quite a nice little um, quite a nice little car as well it's uh, there's nothing on there that offends you when you look at it no, I, I enjoyed uh, yeah. it and, and, and plenty of talk for what it is yep. for 1.5 litre raised suspension so you can get over yep. you know you can drive over to the beach and that's a thing without too much trouble yeah. so i found a very practical car yeah exactly and the other thing was it's got an eight speed automatic and i've always found a lot of these cars that have the like eight you know seven eight mm. speed uh, autos they're always looking for gears but this didn't this was no. actually it was really solid to drive um you wouldn't have, you wouldn't have realized it was an eight speed automatic to be fair yeah um, but yeah no i really liked it and i think at that price point that kind of 100, 130 to 150,000 dirham price point. There's so many customers out there. Yeah. So, yeah, definitely check out the um, the T-Rock from yeah. VW. I love the fact that we've all driven three very, very different cars because uh, with the, uh, the V8 Wrangler, the T-Rock, 
and I drove the uh, the Porsche 718 Cayman GT4 RS. Slightly different. Price yeah. <laughs> prices tested, 530,300 dirhams. And thank you, Porsche, for putting the actual price down as tested. I really do appreciate that. It's not an entry-level price. That's what it was, what I was driving. This is a mid-engine 911 GT3. That's the way I like to look at it. Mm. Uh, it's the same engine out of the GT3, 4-litre uh, flat six, but it's mid-engine. Um, it's, uh, it's not the same engine out of the GT4 Cayman. It's a different unit. It uses seven-speed PDK. It's more aggressive than the GT4. Also has a wider track front and rear than the standard Cayman GT4. Um, I didn't want to give it back in a sense, but after a few days I did, because it's not a car that I could live with every day, but it's a car I could live with probably every third day. You <laughs> go out and have fun with. It's a weekend toy, isn't 500 it? 500 horsepower, yep. 450 newton meters of torque um, from a four-litre flat six. That spins to 9,000 revs. And, uh, and you've got the air inlets literally behind your head leaning against the, the, the headrest because the, the engine is inside the car. It's, mm. There's no glass wall. There's no, it's, it's right there. And the air inlets are where the, the rear quarter window should be. And so they're almost touching the headrest. Um, to me, it sounded almost like a 1960s flat 12 Ferrari at full noise. But what I loved about it, and I said the same thing about the 911 GT3, no electric assistance, no turbochargers, not, no all-wheel drive. There wasn't even a single button on the steering wheel. It was just very minimal safe for the the seven speed paddles um it was a very emotional car um 3.2 seconds 100 kilometers an hour top speed is limited to 315 i'm glad they limited it um but you know it's it's beautiful i mean you know it, it, it's remarkable that, that porsche can build a car that i think is actually better than 911 they probably don't like you to hear that because the 911 is the hero car mm. um but but you know it's um the feedback through the power steering and i know it's electric assistance but the feedback is there and it is just an amazing hill climb and track day car. Yeah. Can I Love point it. out that, as more of a, again, more of a, a suggestion for Porsche, much like the mm. V8 Wrangler, um, they could improve this car so much by putting a manual gearbox in it. I mean, it's already... I disagree. A, you reckon? I actually, for the first time, not the first time I disagree with you because we, we have no, a great banter, yeah. but <laughs> it's the first time I disagree with putting a manual because the, the, the PDK is so much faster and I know you miss the you miss the clutch in clutch out situation, for fun yeah for sure. But I still had loads of fun with this car. And I, I get so, but I think if it I'm going to again if you're going to use it every day, the clutch might get a bit tiring. I know I'm getting old. Nobody's going to use this <laughs> car every day. I think from what I hear, it sounds like an amazing car. It's a fun Sunday car. So if you are going to have a fun on Sunday, have manual. Absolutely, I agree with you on that one. From P7 Arena, Media One Hotel. This is Motormania on Dubai I 103.8. Live at Offset, a custom car show that comes with a side of street culture influence. Yeah, if you're not down here, you're missing out. So get down here after 12. Welcome back. I'm Damien Reed, and this is Motormania. We are broadcasting live from the Media One Hotel, where the Offset Custom Car Festival is taking place here in a few moments' time. And, of course, I'm joined by Imtashan Jado and Noel Ebden for, uh, for the second half of this show. Now, I've been teasing a little bit earlier about Lotus and a very different style of Lotus that I managed to get my hands on um, earlier this week. And they've come out with a, a prototype of the upcoming Lotus Electra, electric SUV. Now, I found some really cool styling and aero elements. Uh, as you'd expect from Lotus, it had um, these flow-through tunnels that are built into the bodywork. So when from behind the wheel, you can see the front tyres through, through the bonnet. And also when you stand behind the car, you can see the rear tyres through the rear bumper because it's all this flow-through channels air through the car like a sports car. Um, it's amazing. It's hard to describe on radio, but I tried my best. But anyway, I went for a quick run in it with the regional director here, Dan Barmer. Um, and this car, 2.9 seconds to 100 kilometres an hour. It's bigger than a Porsche Cayenne. 
um, I believe that figure after the, uh, the quick squirt we had around the back blocks in a safe controlled environment, of course. Um, but I love the fresh thinking approach that's going in to include. There's a few surprises when it, um, when it goes on sale here mid-year. Um, it's got hidden LiDAR in the guards and in the roof. So it's all, all for the autonomous driving when it does come in. So these little LiDARs, they actually pop out of the, the side guards and, and out of the roof just to be used when it's in use. And then it folds away when you're driving it yourself. Um, there's also self-charging for the car so that when you park it, you don't even have to charge it. You park it and you walk away and the car will recharge itself. So uh, yeah, um, anyway, here's my chat with Dan after our quick spin in the Lotus Electra EV SUV. And I asked him about the car's incredible sound system. 23 speaker 2100 watt kef system so kef is our brand partner for audio and um, we started that brand partnership with the Amira sports car it's grown to a new place now with electra um, it's also a dolby atmos rated system so one of the first in the markets to have a cinema sound experience a genuine cinema sound experience as well it's phenomenal um, it's really it's absorbing mind-blowing immersive all those words yeah one of the things you, you just touched on as we pulled up and parked the car is uh, a really interesting feature that I think is going to be huge for this region. This car has a way to charge itself. That's right. So the car has a connectivity. So it's allowed not just to speak to the cloud, but also speak to other IoT devices. In the future, we have currently have a sister company called Lotus Power. Lotus Power are developing an automated charging solution where you basically automate the plugging process of your car charger. So you're, you're here in 45 degree heat, so you don't get outside the car, of course, and mess around with a very hot plug trying to find the, the socket for the car. Why do all that when the car will do it for you? It will talk to the charging, a car to, car to charge talking, uh, and they'll connect and the charger will know where the car is exactly and it will plug the, the nozzle uh, of the gun into the side of the car for you as well. So these things are coming, they're around the corner, um, probably about another year or so away, um, and we intend to launch that alongside our EVs. It's amazing. So it's kind of the modern day interpretation of, of the thing that Dubai knows and loves well, and that is the garage attendant filling your car up for you this one does it for you as well, but in an electric sense. Let's get to the business end with the car. You've got three models, is that correct? Yeah, so Electra, uh, Electra S and Electra R. Uh, Electra and Electra S will be around about 600 horsepower, and the range will start from just about half a million dirham or just below half a million dirham. The R version, uh, we're not releasing pricing for that yet, um, obviously a bit more, but the R version will deliver 900 horsepower and accelerate from zero to 100 in about 2.95 seconds. And this is, without trying to pick competitors, but just in my mind, size, size, it's kind of like Porsche Cayenne size thereabouts. So to get that sort of performance is uh, phenomenal. It is. I mean, we get asked a competitor question a lot because people are trying to understand where we sit, uh, not just price-wise, but technology and content-wise for the car. Cayenne and, and premium SUVs in that area, yes, that's comparable on the price level. But honestly, performance technology, you're on a different level. Uh, you're in, into a, a super SUV type category. Technology-wise, uh, the EV brands of Tesla and Lucid and a few others are probably competitive. Although, honestly, we've also got a few tricks of our sleeves beyond that, uh, beyond what you see today on, on the road as well. So we're really excited about the product. Forget about the fact that it's an SUV, but what would you say in terms of the technology that, that people could probably relate to? Yes, one of the ones that I, that I see quite often is Lucid. Technology-wise, performance-wise, battery range and things like that. We're up there with, with that, but the, the way the car is put together, we're a brand, unlike the EV startups, that has a heritage, a story to tell. Um, we are 75 years old uh, this year. So we have this unusual um, but quite uh, advantageous position of having both the heritage but also that EV startup technology story. Uh, as well and i think it's, it's strong 
you still have the, the fantastic facilities in Hethel, and that, that'll never go away for, for all the, the Lotus diehards out there. But uh, importantly, this is actually the first Chinese-made Lotus to, to reach our shores. That's right. The new facility is up and running. It's ready. It's been in production since uh, October last year. First deliveries to, cus- to customers in China will be next month in March already for the Electra, and we expect it to start deliveries to the UK and Europe customers in, in the middle of the year. The new factory will produce up to 150,000 cars per year when it's on full stream. And that's not just Electra, that's also the full range of EVs we have coming. So we have another uh, two four-door EV products coming and followed by a sports car. So by the time we're 80 years old, we will be celebrating a very different Lotus uh, to Hayes here today. Yeah, so Dan Barmer, uh, the regional boss of, uh, of Lotus Middle East, I talk about performance uh, on that. 2.9 seconds from, from, from what's going to be a very large SUV. And that's bigger than a KN, you said? It's, it's monstrous. The amount of room inside was phenomenal. Wow, that's crazy. The, the model that we drove, it was a four-seat version, so it was like a limousine in the back. More room in the back than a Rolls-Royce. Amazing. Wow. What a good-looking car as well. I know you can't see it on radio, but it is a really good-looking SUV. Like if this is the future of electric vehicles, sign me up. Yeah, and there's more coming. They're, they're, they're bringing out the four-door car as well. They're bringing out a sports version of the SUV. And I guess this is one of the, the upsides of, um, of EV platforms, is that you just plug any body you want on top of the architecture. It's the same architecture. Yeah, exactly. And, it's, and yeah. it makes it fairly cost-effective then to, to build a number of things. So Lotus is has building, um, because now they're, 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 part owned, they're part owned by the Chinese, mm. Geely. Uh, part of the Geely network. So they've got a massive factory that's opening up in China at the moment that's going to build these cars. But also they're keeping their, their place in Hethel that's also been over, overhauled as well. So the Amira and the Avira are still coming out of Hethel. The sports cars are coming out of there. Um, they're, they're going to keep both of those. But being part of the Geely empire, they also then have access to Volvo. Their design studios in Sweden have offices in, in, in the United States as well um, as in, in China and in the UK. So, you know, they're talking... I mean, massive numbers in terms of what they're going to churn out. Mm. And it's going to be a major refocus of the brand. Well, it's going to change a lot for Lotus, isn't it? I mean, you know, adding that SUV. Look what happened. Look at Lamborghini. How many Uruses do you see on the road? I mean, they're everywhere. Yeah. And this they is doubled be, their output. Yeah, exactly. Simply and this, doubled. And this might actually be the kind of catalyst for the, the, the next step for Lotus, you know, that, that kind of the future of. Yeah, absolutely. And if you haven't uh, realised, folks, we are down here live at the Media One Hotel for uh, Offset, the Custom Car Festival. So there's uh, lots of cars in the background making their way into it. Fantastic stuff. Uh, but yeah, you talk about like Lamborghini. I remember we, we visited Lamborghini a few years ago when Stefano Domenicali was, was still the boss there. And they said, we're doubling the size of the factory. Why? Because of Eurus. And sure enough, a couple of years later, they've done it. They've actually, Eurus is half the production of all their cars right now. And it's a proven route, isn't it? So Lotus, they know that's where the future is. Um, Yeah. And and everyone's buying SUVs. It's saved Porsche from from Oblivion. Um, To be fair, the Boxster helped with first, but then the the Cayenne came in, did the same thing. Maserati is very thankful it's building SUVs now. So it's the way it's going. Absolutely. And uh, I know a lot of purists say, yeah, but that's not the way. But the hard reality guys is that if you don't have the SUVs you don't have the fun cars hmm. and that's just the way of the future if you want to have your fun cars your Amira fantastic the only reason the Amira is being built by Lotus is because they know they've got funding from people who are going to buy loads of their yeah, electric of SUVs I mean, and give you a perspective from a, one of the best funded cars in the world which is Toyota right I mean they are one of the richest if number one or number two they only trade hands with GM all the time in terms of the number of cars sold but even they have really sort of struggled to really put together a sports car strategy because they can't justify it. They mm. simply can't justify making fun cars when the regular cars and the electric car transformation takes up so much of the time. It is to their credit that they have managed to 
pump out the GR Corolla, which we don't get here, the GR Supra, which we do, and the GR86, which I think the GR86 we are going to get here. And by the way, news for those who aren't following, GR Supra is now available in the UAE with a manual. Fantastic Ooh. stuff. Slightly I cheaper. I mean, Toyota news. used to make yeah. some great sports cars, didn't they? You know, yeah, with yeah, the, yeah. the Supra, the, the Celica, the GT4, the Group A Celicas, which I think is a massive sleeper mm. on the But in the market. 80s, they just, anybody who came up to them with an idea, they're like, let's do it. Yeah. Let's yeah. make a mid-engine car with butterfly doors. No problem. We'll put the engine from a Tercel into it. No problem. Yeah, exactly. You know, they yeah. just did Anything, whatever. They, well, yeah. the Toyota Sierra, the car you're talking about with the butterfly doors, is the car that Gordon Murray looked at when he designed the McLaren F1. Ah. And said, they're, they're the wing doors I want on the McLaren F1. And we see a uh, beautiful Golf GTI making, or is it Golf R making his way through? Um, and no, it's a Golf R. Yeah, it was a Golf R. Yeah. What he needs is butterfly doors. <laughs> he, he does, does too. There's yeah. a few of those. He does at this around. show, for yeah. sure. <laughs> yeah, um, and this is all kicking off from uh, from 12 o'clock, of course, uh, down here at Offset uh, at uh, level five and uh, six of um, Dubai uh, Media One Hotel. Uh, some amazing stuff. I'll tell you what, um, coming up a little later on, we've got more car chat. We're also going to be joined by Chris Milbourne, um, social media and content manager at Bizzle, who will tell us about some of the car trends that he's seen and the weird and wonderful cars that he's seen on Bizzle. This is Motor Mania. More after this. From P7 Arena, Media One Hotel. This is Motor Mania on Dubai I 103.8. Live at Offset, a custom car show that comes with a side of street culture influence. Yes, welcome back. I'm Damien Reed, and this is Motor Mania. We are broadcasting live from the Media One Hotel where the Offset Custom Car Festival is taking place very, very soon. And I'm joined, of course, by Edith Shanjado and Noel Ebden. Now, before we go across to Chris Milbourne from uh, from Debizzle, uh, Noel, very, very quickly, didn't mention it before, but you drove the McMurtry. Uh, sorry, you didn't drive it. The McMurtry is a phenomenal car. I can't even begin to explain it, but very quickly, tell me about yeah, this. Yeah, so trip. I was very lucky to get a, an invite up to, the, uh, to watch... Um, the car actually being driven at the Dubai Autodrome. This is a 2.5 million pound car that broke the long-standing uh, Goodwood hill climb record. It didn't break it, it smashed it. It's electric, it's got two fans. That's a, that's a record that's been held for about 20, 10, 20, 20 years, years by Nick Hydefield in exactly, the McLaren yeah. F1 car. So it went up the hill quicker than a Formula 1 car. It, ha- it's, it creates 2,250 uh, 2, kilograms of downforce from two fans. So it sucks itself to the floor, basically. And it will accelerate to 60 miles per hour in 1.5 seconds. And, and I watched that happen right in front of me and I do not understand the physics of how that even happens or how you can actually hold on to the steering wheel. Your, your mind warps. I watched that hill climb and, I, and my mind physically couldn't get around what I was watching. It looked like it was in fast uh, fast forward. Yeah, I it, could not yeah, get my head it around it. It actually doesn't look real. And they ran it at Dubai Autodrome. They did a, um, a drag race against a LaFerrari. And, a, and as any of us will know, a LaFerrari is a very, very fast car. Extremely yeah. fast. And the McMurtry made it look like a Corolla. I know, everyone it on social media saying, who's driving the LaFerrari? It looks really slow. No, he was giving it everything. Yeah, he went for it. And the uh, the McMurtry was gone. I mean, it was it was, it was was at turn one at the Autodrome. Yeah. And the LaFerrari was still accelerating through second gear. Yeah. I have never seen anything like it. Absolutely amazing. Phenomenal stuff. Uh, Chris Milbourne, thank you very much for, for joining us. Uh, social media content manager at DeBizzle. And uh, you're now part of the Motormania team. Fantastic stuff. Um, now, I've been asked to introduce you as... Uh, <laughs> Chris, who's under 35 and drives a Volvo. I knew this was coming. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great intro. I've just look, I've loved the cars since day one. You know, when I first saw the 850 on track back in the the, the mid 90s, I was like, I have to have that car. Okay, I still haven't got that all important 850, but I love my Volvos and I will, I will defend it up and down. 
I just love the cars. No, you nothing know, wrong with a Volvo. We have something in common because I was also under 35 and I owned a Volvo wagon as well. So, so there, you oh, there you go. I had a 265 GLE with, uh, with velour trim. <laughs> Should you admit oh, that goodness. on the radio? I'll tell you why I did it. Because it was the only car that can carry a go-kart without taking the wheels off. Slide it in the back, shut the door. <laughs> That's a good reason. <laughs> Didn't need a trailer. <laughs> I wish I had that excuse, but I don't. I just like, I just like the shape of them. That's it. <laughs> so we're down here at, uh, at Offset. Um, some amazing custom cars. Are this the sort of thing that you're into? Uh, substanced cars, JDM, Japanese domestic market, that sort of thing? Well, yes and no. The American cars that are pulled in here already yeah. are my thing. I really like American classics, and there's some, there's some beautiful ones here, especially upstairs. And one of them actually caught my eye is the 300. There's a, a Nardo Grey, that kind of cement color yes. that's here. It's actually listed for sale on Divisal. Uh, oh really? 110,000. Yeah, I found it this morning because I had my eye on it. I've always liked the 300s. I've always wanted to get my hands on either a 5.7 or a 6.2, the, the SRT8s. And that one kept popping up and I'm thinking, should I bite? Should I bite and get that car? But for me, it's too low to the ground. I would, I would literally wince every time just how close it would be just scraping along. When you guys told me to come down this morning, I didn't know we were actually going to be in the parking lot. I thought we'd be downstairs <laughs> yes. somewhere. And seeing these cars that are this low to the ground, it's just... Yeah, How do they get up here? Breathe the fumes in. Yeah. Breathe the fumes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fantastic. Um, I mean, there's amazing. Like Lamborghini uh, uh, Huracan went past a little earlier on, sitting you know, millimeters off the ground. Um, a beautiful old uh, Lincoln, was Continental. Lincoln, Lincoln yeah. Continental. You like couldn't slide playing cards under the, the front no. splitter of these cars. Yeah. No, yeah. not at all. Uh, but I love the way that they've done it down here. They've, it's not rammed full of cars. They've spaced them Curated, out. Curated, so I think, is the word you're looking for. A really yeah. tasteful selection of cars. A really interesting variety. So it's not 15 Nissan GTRs. It is a lot. There, there's a bunch of great GTRs, but there's also a lot of variety. Whether it's European, American, awesome. or whatever you like. And that, that, that's what they made it invite only, because they can space it out. Plenty of room for your Instagram shots, you know, and it's not just wall-to-wall cars and cars, you know, side by side. Uh, but, but Chris, let's let's talk about some of these weird and wonderful things you've seen on on the Bizzle. Uh, one of the things that, that that took my mind earlier this week I saw was a uh, a 1922 Buick pickup truck. Now, even I don't have to be a, a brainiac mathematician to know that that's 101 years old. Yeah, and you'd be surprised there are a few things that uh, turn up for sale quite quite often to be honest and uh, I look on Divisal on a daily basis for what cars are listed because I really enjoy rarer cars things that are you know a bit more unique things that you don't really tend to see too much on the road so I always type in the search filter rare and then I always get some really bizarre creations that usually pop up we found one uh, recently it was a this is more of a newer car actually it's the new Land Cruiser the uh, the J300 yeah yeah uh, the person who's selling it and apparently it's not the only one here as well there are a few of them actually listed on the platform they are modified to have the exterior is completely normal so you look at the car from the outside plain you yes. just think it's a standard Toyota Land Cruiser you go inside the car and it's a VIP edition so the front is fine it's got one of my seats blue interesting yeah, right. mm. very weird combination black on blue but then you go into the back and then you have the third row third row excuse me removed from the back of the car the second row has been pushed back, uh, yes, and you have yes. a 65-inch TV yes. and a wall that's between you and the front uh, front 65-inch TV. Yeah. So it sounds like a mobile bedroom. Essentially, yes. you've, got, you've got two <laughs> chairs that basically lean all the way back, and you've got PS5 in there, coffee machine, basically everything you can imagine. I remember when that was launched at the one, one, one of the Dubai Motor Shows. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, You have to pay rent on that, don't you? Yeah, surely go to Rera and see if you can put a, a land <laughs> tag on it. It'd be brilliant. <laughs> We also had a, um, we found this in Ajman actually of all places, um, it was it was a short track racer. Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. It was, they listed it as a NASCAR, it was, I, was, I spoke to the owner about it, I said it's not exactly what it is, but it, it looks like a short track racer. And 
we started this thing up. It was the 5.0 V8, completely unrestricted. This is not one of the cars that used to run in the speed car series no. from Dubai years ago. No, it wasn't. No. This, one, this one is a bit lower than that, but yeah. it was very, very accurate. And when we started this thing up, it was extremely loud to the point that other dealers around us wanted to tr see if they had cars louder. So they would start cranking <laughs> the engines and you hear these, the Lambos and everything like fire up, but then you had this thing that's an boom like you would hear it outside of the market it was that loud it's probably rival your rx7 though oh uh, yeah i mean yeah i should have brought that <laughs> your, today your race I? yeah 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 <laughs> i mean it, it, you find the most amazing things ain't you on debizzle i mean it, it's a go-to place now for what well, not now but it has always been the go-to place to, to to buy and sell and trade you know cars and so you get people who who you know post their everyday cars but then you find some some amazing things in there um and you know there's a 35 million dirham Lamborghini there on the Bizzle, the Veneno. Yeah. Where else do you find? I mean, if you're talking Europe or the United States or other places, these are like, you know, off the book kind of auctions or, you know, quiet chats in, 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 uh, in car club talk and that sort of thing. Here it is on the Bizzle. Yep. And it was there. And it, oddly enough, I checked this morning, it's actually already sold. Oh, it is. So it's gone already. So Fantastic. now the most expensive car is a 17 million dirham uh, Koenigsegg. It's either an Regera or a Regera. I'm not. I can't remember 100. But it's it's finished in a beautiful like purple, and it's for sale from one of the dealers in uh, Alawia right. that you can get it from. But as you said, it's you don't tend to see these things pop up for sale very often, but they all seem to pop up on Dubizzle at some point. And well, a lot of them uh, usually get shipped overseas, but a lot of them actually stay within the country. And as you said, it's phenomenal to see these things get listed at these prices. And I'm actually. To be honest, I'm actually amazed at the speed this car actually got sold at. Because it was listed about a week or so ago, and it's gone. It's already been sold. There's 37 million dirhams that's of a car that's been sold in a week. Do, do, do you, out of interest, do you get a lot of, I don't know if you can see, that. I assume you can probably see this, do you get a lot of traffic from overseas on Dubizzle looking at the vehicles that are there? and people? So are, are people, car enthusiasts from overseas, checking Dubizzle? Yes. Right. So... I mean, I've been in the market for a long time and uh, I've walked around the market various times, um, be it Alloware, be it Ducams, be it Charger. And you usually tend to come across people that are walking around that would be looking for a showroom or they're looking for a certain particular car. And you'll see that they're on their phone and they'll actually be on Dubizzle. And they're not from here. They've flown in from Africa, Europe, even the United States, Asia as well. And they're looking to buy cars through the platform. You know, they're actually, some of them are flying out here to use the platform. Perfect. Yeah, it, do, do you find like, I know we, we scan them all, but you know, there are European based sites uh, that, that get a lot of interest from overseas, American based sites as well, that people are bidding, constantly bidding for. Is that the kind of audience you're, you're also getting from, from people who are overseas? Because I don't, like, it's, it's not a bidding site, it's not an auction site, it's, it's, it's a classified kind of thing, but that still attracts a lot of overseas interest. Well, I think from the, the B2C side, so we're talking about the independent dealers that are listing and then the private individuals, um, working with the social media team, we get a lot of queries from overseas from uh, users asking, oh, how can I contact so-and-so? I'd like to buy this car. Here's the link. How do I get in touch with them? Um, and they'll, we, we get inquiries, as I said before, from a few places around the world. Now, obviously, we have uh, the system in place that you need to have a UE phone number to basically contact the sellers, but there are always people always find a way around. You know, they'll ask us on social media, hey, can you contact this guy for us? And so and so forth. But it seems to be that even though the website is based here and it is for the local market, there is a lot of users that are looking at it outside of the country and looking to buy cars 
from a reputable source, you know, because they hear about it from other people or they, they hear about it from people that have traveled saying, oh, my friend told me about Divisal while he was there. Is it possible that I can create an account? Can I, you know, list my cars for sale? Can I buy a car from you guys? Can I buy a car from someone else? Can you help me with the export services? Stuff like this. Mm. Perfect. And you're finding interest from, from the dealer and the private side as well? I would say so, yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, amazing stuff. I mean, we've all, we've all bought and sold cars from Divisal. Too many. <laughs> Too many. <laughs> I couldn't, I'm so glad I don't have your job. I just live on there all day buying things. I don't See, know, I, yeah. I'll be, I'll, I'm actually the opposite. I've only ever bought a car on Divisal. I've never sold a car. See, I've, I've only owned about four cars in my lifetime. And I've basically run them all into the ground. And I'm like, you know what? There's, there's not worth selling them because I'm not going to get any money back from it. But uh, I've, I've got my frequent flyer now with the Dabizzle. Don't you worry. Um, <laughs> I'll tell you what. Chris Melbourne, uh, you're, you're, you're from Dabizzle. You're joining us for the, the rest of the program. In the Shannon Noel, of course, here with Motormania. We're live down here from the Media One Hotel for the Offset Car Festival. And uh, please, come on down. Bring your family. Bring your friends. It's all about to kick off. We'll be back with more Motormania straight after this on Dubai Eye 103.8. From P7 Arena, Media One Hotel. This is Motormania on Dubai I 103.8. Live at Offset, a custom car show that comes with a side of street culture influence. Welcome back. I'm Damien Reed, and this is Motormania. We are broadcasting live from the Media One Hotel where the Offset Custom Car Festival is taking place very soon. And I'm joined, of course, by Imtha Shanjado and Noel Ebden, but I'm also joined by Chris Milbourne, social media and content manager at Debizzle. And uh, Chris, I've got to ask you, Ramadan is just around the corner. It's, uh, it's getting earlier every year, and I can't believe we're already thinking about Ramadan now. Uh, have you seen any movement on Debizzle in terms of Ramadan deals? You know, it's funny you say that because we were looking at it yesterday as well, and it seems to be independent dealers are already starting their Ramadan deals. And what are we, three weeks early already yes. for the Holy Month? Yeah. And there are already a couple of dealers that have already posted their deals. Okay, they range, the, the variety ranges of what they're offering. It could be anywhere between uh, additional benefits when you buy the car for, like, after, for after sales stuff, like uh, insurance, registration. Some are giving cash back, some are giving um, discounts on cars. I mean, we're looking at data from previous years where we've seen this over the past couple of years even, uh, be it independent dealers or OEMs as well. It seems to be, it's the, the perfect time to buy the car because you get so many incentives, you know. Um, and you get some fantastic deals, to be honest. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, we, you know, we talk to the manufacturers about Ramadan deals. Obviously, we've had a couple of tough years. The, the industry has. And so they've ne- not necessarily been uh, cash, you know, cash bonuses, in, in effect. They've been uh, value-added. Uh, you know, you, you buy a, the base model car, and they'll give you the up-spec model. That's sort the of thing, rather than saying you're going to get 20,000 dirhams off or 10,000 dirhams off. Uh, is that the sort of thing you're, you're seeing that's starting to filter through? Or, or well, is there, there, there's, still, there's still cash bonus, discounts out there? Again, it, it kind of varies between dealer to dealer, right? The OEMs obviously have the opportunity to up-spec uh, the vehicle. So if you're going, like you said, for a base model, they can up-spec you into the mid-tier one. Or if you're getting a mid-option, you can go up for the, the full-option one. Whereas more with the independent side of things, as I said, it's sort of the after-sales kind of things, insurance, registration, even gifts sometimes you see them being given out yeah. when you buy a car from them, be it a, a phone or a laptop or something like this. It's, it's interesting what they use as, I want to say the word tactic to get more people coming in because it appears that during Ramadan, a lot of cars get sold. You know, yeah. Even uh, recently, I've got a couple of people that I know that are looking to buy cars and they say, wait, wait for Ramadan. Because it seems to be that Ramadan is the time to get the best deal on any car. Even if it's a pre-owned one or if it's a new one, it's going to be a deal. Yeah. Um, Shan, have you taken advantage of Ramadan deals over the time and in terms of buying and or selling? Uh, I have bought a car during Ramadan, but it, wasn't, it was a private seller, so it wasn't a particular deal. But I am looking for the classic 
after sales deal which is tinting I want free tinting <laughs> that was always this thing that got me over the line I get free tinting free insurance is actually quite a good thing to have because if you look at it that is a huge cost of mm-hmm. a new car purchase so I think insurance is a big thing to look forward to but I don't know I think it's much of a much as I've got my best deals after Ramadan yeah. all the time so a lot of people have this mentality that they have to buy during Ramadan and dealers will cater to it but if you're a private seller all year round you're going to find good deals on sites like the Bizzle yeah and one of the one of the other uh, uh, news items that, that kicked off during the week the old thing fuel prices again they've gone up fuel prices have, uh, have, have gone up sell everything again. oh wait it's only three fills <laughs> exactly <laughs> but people do take a knee, knee-jerk reaction to this and Chris I mean uh, that, that falls into the play with the EV market um, how have you seen does that really make an influence, uh, impact when you see petrol prices moving by a couple of fuel or whatever else that suddenly you get a spike in EV sales? So for one car in particular last year, there was, or I bet you at one manufacturer even, there was a surge, excuse the pun there, for the electric car, which was the ID series, the ID4 most specifically. Uh, we saw a lot of them enter the market um, and uh, with our market report, we found out that it was the best-selling Volkswagen. It's remarkable because it's, it so- it's not sold by Volkswagen. Yeah, that's that's the most remarkable thing. So you have things like the Passat, the CC, the Golf. Okay, the CC isn't in production any longer, but the Golf is, the Passat is, and the Jetta. But people were buying the ID4 more than anything else. Um, and we did notice, especially during the summertime when it started to get quite high, and obviously with the government's incentives when you buy an electric car, that obviously helped people to make a, a decision when it comes to buying electric vehicles. Uh, and we actually had a number of them for sale through the Debizzle Cars Hub. We had a lot of Teslas come in. Uh, we also offered things like green loans as well to hit, make it easy to buy a pre-owned uh, luxury um, electric vehicle and a standard luxury uh, standard electric car as well. Um, so we did see, we did notice an increase in demand for electric vehicles and also obviously cars with smaller engines, ones with mm. two liters compared to 5.6s or uh, even the six cylinders weren't, say, as popular compared to some of the four bangers. Hmm. Yeah, it's remarkable, isn't it? I mean, the, the, the ID story is, is, is one of those uh, it's, it, anomalies that we're probably only fine in this region that people, are, you know, they're, they're being privately imported. They're all grey imports, but people don't care so much because they're buying them anyway. Volkswagen hasn't uh, completed their, their, their hot weather testing and a million other things that they, that they talk about, that they've got to go through the due diligence to put the car in the showroom. But they're just all over the place. And I gather Volkswagen's not best pleased about this as well because they've said on multiple occasions that these are not cars that are supported by Volkswagen or the local Mm. dealer or the Buddha. I really feel for them in a way because, as you say, Chris, the top-selling car is is a car that they're not getting any revenue out of. Mm. But another sign, it's also a message for the likes of VW that the car is selling because at a price that people are simply willing to pay. So obviously, when it comes into the market, it will come at a higher price than the grey imports. So what happens to grey imports when you have a direct local company? I think the grey imports will disappear. That's mm. inevitably what's going to happen. Mm. Yeah. yeah. I, well, it, interestingly, I just came back from Armenia. And Armenia is not a rich country. And there were ID4s everywhere. Mm. There, there was, I saw so many of them. So th- is there an incentive, perhaps, from the government? I don't, not that I'm aware of. I mean, it is, it is selling everywhere, globally, like crazy. And I, I said this. How many times, did Damon, did we have this conversation? The Tesla did well whilst no one else was in the market. Yeah. And as yeah. soon as the big boys get involved, the game changes. Yeah. And Volkswagen are here. They, they're in that market now. And everyone's buying the cars. I mean, they're, they're, you know, a, a massive manufacturer, of course. Uh, so they've got the technology. They're going to bring it in. Uh, you see the, 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 the trickle-down effect, too, with... 
with you know the, the Porsche Taycan part of the VW Group, the Audi e-tron series part of the VW Group. Uh, Bentley is coming in with their full EV, so they've got the technology, mm. but we're just not seeing it uh, out there at the moment. Um, with Volkswagen for for you know, local reasons for, to get the car out there. But that's for our benefit because ultimately they're going to improve the cars based on local feedback. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and that's it. And uh, speaking of Volkswagen, no, mm. in terms of cars we've got now, you've, you're, you're actually in one right now. I am, yeah. So I've had the the GTI and the R back to back. So the GTI I'm now done with. Uh, I swapped it yes uh, day before yesterday uh, for the R, uh, and uh, yeah, I'm going to talk about that on the next show. Um, Fantastic. Yeah. What do you got lined up in the channel? I've got a bunch of interesting cars that we've all driven before. I'm doing the Bronco <laughs> and I'm doing the Grand Cherokee, mainly because I want to catch up with them. The Bronco I've driven in the desert quite a bit, so I have very good feedback on that to give you. But I will talk about what it's like to live with it every day. Uh, Grand Cherokee, I haven't driven at all. So I'm quite curious to see how the new, all new platform does for them. Yeah, yeah fantastic. Well, I'm the other way around because I've driven the Grand Cherokee a lot. Yeah. and uh, I wonder I why. <laughs> yes, and I still haven't. I still haven't driven the Bronco. <laughs> Well, you need to you know how to call, but actually, I, know who to call, yes. I also have already <laughs> booked or slash blagged the new Ranger Raptor, so oh, I will tell uh, you what it's all about. Well, there you go. We have yeah. to fight over these things. Yeah, so I'm, I'm currently in the uh, the new Range Rover. I saw, uh, yeah, very which jealous. Which is a lovely car. It's been a long time coming, a huge waiting list for that car, hmm. but finally got my hands on it, uh, partly because... Um, in the next issue of Motor Mania, we're going to be sitting with uh, Jay Yolanda, our boss, Bruce Robertson. Oh. He's going to join us in the studio. So, uh, yeah, looking forward to uh, catching up with Bruce. It's been a long time coming to, uh, to get him on the show, and so looking forward to that. But in the meantime, we're going to uh, have a look around here and see what's around. Chris, what, what takes your fancy out there? Uh, with, with what we've got now here at Offset. Well, there's no Volvo, so I'm going straight home. <laughs> <laughs> there's a car as big as the Volvo. That's the Lincoln Continental upstairs. Yeah, okay, you got me there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's fantastic work. The guys from, uh, from Car Culture AE have done an amazing job uh, with, with, with Offset down here. I'm going to have a look at the BMW E30. Uh, there's an R34 Nissan Skyline, or R35, I think, uh, GTR over there as well. It looks uh, pretty, pretty sensational stuff. Um, Noel Ebden, what are your thoughts? I'll take all of them. I'm yeah. Not, yeah, I'm going to have a wander. Going to go walk up to the uh, walk up through all the floors. I've only done a little bit of the show, so uh, yeah, going to have a good wander and see uh, see what takes my fancy. I'm all about the classic Nissans and Toyotas. Uh, I just want to give a big shout out again to Dan, Sid, and the rest of the guys who I can't possibly name them all. It is hard to put a show like this, and they put their time into it. So come down and check it out. It's beautifully curated. It's an incredible venue, and I'm glad meat culture is very much alive in the Middle East. Yeah, Dan's done a great job. We had him in the studio last time talking about it. Uh, it's now a reality. It's down here. So, uh, yeah, um, um, amazing stuff. So, uh, yeah, do come down, folks. This is uh, the uh, Offset um, car show happening down here at uh, Dubai One, level five we are currently at. It kicks off, the show kicks off from 12 and uh, it will carry on all afternoon. But uh, that's just about it from me, uh, Damien Reid. Thank you, uh, Chris, for joining us and we're going to look forward to, uh, to more great insights from DeBizzle um, over the course of the year. Really look, looking forward to that. You guys are on the pulse. You, if we've got all the facts and figures, you're the go-to guys. Looking forward to that. Um, Shannon Noel, thanks again for, uh, for, for joining us. Um, Naz Chowdhury, who was in earlier, and uh, we'll be back live in the studio in a couple of weeks' time, where I said we're going to be joined by Jaguar Land Rover boss Bruce Robertson. Uh, we're going to talk about all things at luxury in that regard. And uh, again, thanks again for the host for joining us here at the Offset Custom Car Festival at the Media One Hotel. This is Motor Mania on Dubai Eye 103.8.